The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. James Roberts is a Paralympic athlete, wheelchair basketball player, entrepreneur, podcast host, TEDx speaker and author. And he's here with us today. How are you? Very well, thank you for the introduction. Well, it's great to have you here on the show this afternoon. So, first of all, for people that might not be too familiar with you, what exact sports have you participated in, in the Paralympics and beyond? That's a good, that's a good way of putting it. Um, sports <laughs> that I've done over the years obviously you mentioned virtual basketball is the most recent mm. uh, I have partaked in from a, from a Paralympic standpoint with it being a, a, so close to the games uh, I was fortunate to compete in London in, in volleyball mm. and in Beijing back in 2008 in, in rowing but I actually started out as a swimmer yeah. uh, and then previous to that uh, the very sport that I ever took part in non-competitively was actually uh karate mm. and from a competitive standpoint most people don't know this about me it was actually temping bowling wow that's incredible and is it quite hard to go from sport to sport or if you're good at it does it not matter that you're doing a load i think you gotta have a talent yeah. um I, i'm as my family likes to remind me you know the saying going the jack of all trades the trades of none mm. i would probably counteract that because to, to reach a level at least at competing at domestic level you got to be fairly good and, and, and be consistent so uh, to answer your question Tony um, the transitions aren't, weren't smooth mm-hmm. but I obviously had raw talent that could be transferable so yeah. You wouldn't have thought swimming, swimming, swimming to row is probably the easiest because at least it's a, it's an they're both uh, aerobic sports. Yeah. But the transition that was probably more difficult was going from rowing to sitting volleyball because it's like completely different. Mm. They're, they're like chalk and cheese, yeah. um, and. I was very dismissive of the sport uh, when I was watching on the TV in Beijing. <laughs> well, this is easy. This is this 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 sport. Oh, I just sitting down and I'm playing volleyball. But when I actually took part and and did the first couple of sessions, I'm thinking, okay, mm. I'm gonna have to eat my words here because it is not as easy as it looks as it as the athletes make it look out to be. Yeah. And um, I'd always get a little bit a bit of stick from, uh, especially from my uh, old coach uh, Billy Pai from. British women and he's like oh you you transitioned to all these sitting down sports you're being a bit lazy yeah. it's like well 
I've never looked at it in that way until now, Mm. but some would say, especially swimmers would say it's very monotonous, very boring because swimming pool is a swimming pool. No matter if it's in the UK, Japan, US, no matter where, it's pretty mundane and the training can be quite boring. Um, So that wasn't the case with rowing, especially because it's outdoors for most of the the, uh, the year. Um, But I've been in the UK. I think the only thing that's going to stop being able to be out on the water is if the water freezes over, which is possible. Yeah. But and then sitting volleyballs inside, so mm. I kind of you can kind of see the trend. I've gone from indoor, outdoor, back to indoor, and then I've <laughs> stayed indoors as a sport. Yeah. Uh, so there's probably something in that because I'm getting older and mm. uh, I don't like being out in the elements as much. But yeah. that's it in a nutshell. I think to answer your question. More specifically, I think I probably had to have the talent to be able to make those transitions. Yeah. And it's having that, but somebody else is having a belief in you to be able to do it because I didn't think when I was dropped back in the days of my swimming days that I thought my sporting career was finished. Yeah. Um, and to be able to speak to you now nearly 20 years later and kind of say, well, that you you, you, re, you refashioned yourself into something else. It's something I've taken to, into business, yeah. into business life because, okay, if it doesn't work, the first time you evolve you don't you don't go out and quit and that's something i reiterate to my clients all the time mm. failure is not a bad thing it's how you see it it's, it's a perception yes failure is not good yeah but it's looking at what have you learned from that mistake okay if you do it over and over again that obviously everybody knows you that's probably an idiotic thing to do you're not learning from the mistake but if you can look at a way in which you view failure as what have i learned from that and what can I do in the future you probably won't make that same mistake again yeah and I guess the thing of the sports people making it look good is probably quite a common thing and people probably watch the tv thinking they could maybe do it better but if they're making it look good probably means that they are doing a really good job I suppose I used to get told that all the time (laughs) as uh, if we go back to my swimming days it looked nice but he actually wasn't doing anything Uh, so coming to your point of they make it look easy that comes down to consistency uh, determination obviously repetition of what is for this one five years it doesn't come easy and it's Mm. five years since they were children so it's something that you you craft into into creation oops and you make it look easy but if you you've done something for we use the teenagers for as an example because it's a little bit easier they've been doing that for like for almost 15 years yeah. if you're doing a skill over and over again for 15 years you should be good at it mm. so what i'm trying to to emphasize is that is it doesn't happen overnight we're in a culture now that is things happen yeah. well things need to happen quickly so amazon yeah. i click today and i get it tomorrow that mentality is in society of if i do something now i'm entitled to it tomorrow it's like it doesn't work like that yeah. if you don't put in the hard work you don't reap the reward it, it, it's, it's as simple as that and okay i get caught up in that sometimes and I forget about it in terms of okay i want it to happen now yeah. I want to happen to it for it happen tomorrow. I, especially in the, the business I work in, 
with working with people, it doesn't work like that. I can't convince somebody to change, to, to go into my way of thinking. Some people it's easier than others, yeah. but for the majority, you cannot, you can't manipulate, you can't sway somebody to make a decision based on what I want to happen. It doesn't work like that yeah. with, unless, unless we were working with all robots. But in terms of coming back to my point of why do they make it look easy? It's work, it's work, yeah. it's rep after rep after rep. Mm. Business is pretty much the same. It's, it's If you looked at it under the surface, it's boring because you're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But I think as an athlete looks at it, you're striving to get better every single day. Mm. So you... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna generalize. I'm gonna use me. I glossed over the process of that a lot. Yeah. Of it doesn't matter if I hate it, doesn't matter if I like it, or if I feel indifferent. If it's going to get me to the outcome and the result that I want, be it making a national team or okay, we use the pinnacle of the Olympics or the Paralympics. Mm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to sacrifice. Uh, whatever needs to be done to do that and what i've had to learn as i've got older is okay you can't do that you need to enjoy them you have to enjoy the moment because it's going to be gone mm -hmm. there's some regrets because there are pictures of me at the games but i'm not in them mm. i have got a vivid imagination of i know what it felt like to be there yeah. but i've not actually soaked it in from uh if you call it a social media experience uh -huh. of Instagram, I'm not in the picture. Thus, it, it's you. It's hard to describe what it's like. What's the feel? What am I feeling? Mm. And the point I'm trying to make is, I was in kind of that mindset for so long of it doesn't matter if I hate it. Obviously, if I like it, it's easy. Yeah. Uh, if it's indifferent, it doesn't matter. But you need to come back to it and say, well, if you don't like something, if you've got the ability to outsource it, it makes it a lot easier because you're giving it to somebody who's probably a lot better than you at it yeah. and actually enjoys it, thus that you'll enjoy that process. And if you're actually doing something that you enjoy, so be it. Okay, speaking of, as a guest on podcast is for me is quite enjoyable because I'm able to share uh, my experiences and it's a case of you know the indifferent mindset talks about it a lot nowadays mm. but when they get you to analyze it, i think it's pointless because if you don't feel anything good or bad what's the point of actually overthinking it so okay. the what i'm getting at is you need to obviously do the things that you enjoy yeah you need to learn how to do the things that you don't like and then you have an understanding of it and then if you obviously you still hate it then you give it to somebody else but obviously the athletes it doesn't matter because you might hate the coach you might hate the training session you might hate your teammates but if that's the vehicle that's going to get you to where you need to do to in terms of get to selected you do it yeah. so you 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 will probably keep, keep tight i especially did i've quite um um, not outspoken. I'm more outspoken now, retired than I ever have, than I was when I was in sport. But that was probably to stay, you know, under the radar. Don't keep keep squeaky clean, yeah. and then you don't put yourself in any uh, difficult and sticky situations. Mm -hmm. And one of the Paralympics that you performed at, to use that word really, was London 2012. Was that quite exciting to represent Team GB at its home Paralympics? I was skeptical though oh. I was, and, and a lot of people don't know that or how I voice it and voice my opinion is more from the media side of I don't think Channel 4 did quite enough it, it's, mm. it's, it's it's leaps and Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I think they've listened to people when it was concerned to, to Rio and have made it to Tokyo's cover, we'll say, better. Um, but for London, um, for me, my family did want me to go into to media mm. and I kind of went, no, I want to compete at home yeah. um, because I'm only going to get one opportunity to be able to do that. And it's it's a nice thing to be able to say to other athletes, if you can hang on for eight years and somewhat have that luxury, but mm-hmm. you're going to thoroughly enjoy it. It was... It's night and day between that and, and Beijing, but mm-hmm. no games is the same. But just you know, the euphoria of the British public yeah. of, of soaking up sport, it could kind you could kind of see just their hunger for sport in general. It's, it's the 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 two week lull between the games. It kind of rebuilt the the appetite for for Team GB, and 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 I was skeptical because with volleyball in the past we'd be used to competing in you know in front of maybe no more than 100 people yeah. uh, and the XL was 10,000 people so I was like well I'm not going to fill that arena um, and probably could have ten, f- filled it probably 10 times over it yeah. was a sellout every time wow. I know the men's team competed I don't know about the women's book because we weren't there but mm. it was lively it was it was pretty much uh, it's, it's hard to put into words I think yeah. the teams that we'd competed against in the past they felt the pressure obviously we didn't because you're expected to beat us so we have um, no pressure whatsoever and I and I thrive on that because if I've got no pressure whatsoever it's easy yeah. uh, because I can kind of go well nine out of ten times you should win mm. there is that little inkling of that I'll say one percent where we might beat you um, yeah. I think if the team had been together probably longer we probably could take advantage of the home crowd uh, but I've uh, the first match we played against the Russians I've never seen them play so poorly mm. and we probably played them in my career in, 
in the in the sport. I think I was in there for four four years in the end. I probably played them about six, seven times. And that's probably the worst that ever the first time they played is to wipe the floor with us. Uh, so we'd come a long way in two years uh, from the world champs to then. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I was blown away that just entering the, the arena, yeah. the first game, I was like, wow, yeah. I wasn't prepared for this. I don't know what the crowd was like in Beijing um, because it's just a wall of noise and you, you, you're just going past it with rowing. Mm. Whereas with Beijing, um, London, sorry, you could see it. So you could, <laughs> as you come out, it's just this tunnel of noise and just just the the, the amount of people not if i was honest to you tony i did uh, toby i didn't i didn't think there was 10 there's only looking on date data after the fact that that the arena could hold that many people that i know that but you're like well, there's not an empty seat in the in the, in the house yeah. okay wow <laughs> it's incredible and i don't know what your thoughts on it are but there seems to be a consensus that london 2012 was the first time that there was such a big awareness about the paralympics and that they actually exist and are worth watching well it's 25 years to the day there was a bbc documentary uh looking at obviously the failures of the olympic team back in atlanta yeah. uh to to where they are now and they did speak to tanya gray thompson or dame tanya gray thompson, uh, sorry baroness <laughs> as she's called now and she she talked about atlanta being that there was absolutely nobody wow in in the stadium it would probably be at best their family uh the uh, paralympics put on instagram it being full but i think that was the opening ceremony so it's come so if you look in 25 years from from no not a soul uh rocking up and i know somebody who lives in atlanta and he was very excited to be watching the paralympics i was like your city is, is as if it didn't exist and you talk to athletes that competed in that games, they rip things out of the village that the Olympians had. Mm. It's like almost like second second class citizen uh, to to London. It was probably a more of a homecoming for the games because obviously we were the first to to to, to create it with obviously a German Jew yeah. that brought it into existence. But it was well, we're going to make it a spectacle. We're going to set the benchmark and for for what future games have to to aspire. I don't think anything. I don't think anybody's matched it yet. Yeah. Uh, I think Tokyo possibly would have done if it wasn't for the pandemic. Um, it's unfortunate that obviously the world's been put into to chaos and we can't see what the Japanese can bring to the fore because speaking to other disabled individuals I've been to Japan they're like light years ahead of of the West in terms of just their accessibility so it would have been interesting to see what and that would have been for me as a spectator I'd have loved to have gone to see Um, Rio I couldn't have done because it was still pretty raw of of retiring and kind of knowing athletes seeing behind the scenes it was for me it was very depressing at times like well four years ago I'm here eight years ago I'm and it's so it's it, it's the Olympics with Tokyo wasn't too bad mm. it's choked me up a little bit watching the part the Paralympians start to go fly out yeah. but coming back to my point of the repetition repetition I've known how much of the work that they've done that I'm unwilling to now do yeah. so I can't have my cake and eat it and say well I want to compete still but I don't want to do the work mm. so I commend them for gosh I, I, I talked about 
this to somebody who else had retired. It was nice when we were there yeah. of, of, of competing at the time, because all we had to do was worry about ourselves. But I didn't want to be in the athlete's shoes mm. in the last 18 months because of the, the stresses of not knowing, is it going to happen or is it? Mm. Um, I think they were very diplomatic in some of the things that, especially the athletes that I know, kind of said, well, there's no point me moping about and kind of went uh, and talking about, well, I'm quite down because I don't know if I'm competing or not versus, you know, the, 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 the world that we're living in to, in terms of people dying is it's not a very diplomatic approach but it's very considerate of other people yeah. um so i think that is probably where the paralympics is it's very considerate of its older brother mm-hmm. to a certain extent um of they're very on i think the problem from a marketing perspective almost on level pegging um and i think with london it's kind of set the benchmark as well this is the games that we want Mm. it's not a case of if you want to host the olympics you have to have the paralympics i think there's a there's an element of i would like to think pride of we've got an opportunity to host the best athletes in the world both able-bodied and the disabled and kind of showcase to people I think more in the general public of, you know, there's more relatable to Paralympics because they're more similar to ordinary people yeah. uh, before uh, what, what's come out with the mental health with the Olympics just gone. I think it kind of shows, well, this is what is capable if you're willing to test the boundaries. Yeah. And the Tokyo Paralympics are just days away now. So are you excited to watch them, even though you can't go there physically? Very, very, very much so, because I know, so I know so many athletes are probably I probably couldn't count on how many hand, on my on my fingers how many actually I know. Yeah. It, it'd probably be a case of recording a lot of it. Uh, we'd yeah. be playing with your basketball. There's there's definitely a more uh, desire to watch that because I've still I, I compete in it. So it's it's, it's learning yeah. uh, what what it, what is what's capable, what can be done at the the highest level, and what can be you could copy and maybe implement into into your game. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to the medal games in in Beijing and and get to know a lot of especially the the British guys I know I still know now mm. what we 13 years later uh, one of the guys is going to six games wow. and he's not much older than I am so I'll I'll keep in touch and and have a bit of banter and things like that so yeah. for me it, it it's it's probably more in tune because it, it, it's, you know the actual people so it's like it's an extension of their family and, and friends yeah. it's like well I wish Wish you safe travel. Wish you all the best. Um, I'm probably very accommodating uh, when it comes to being able to speak to them from a, from a media perspective, say a podcast of I'd like to have you on. However, I know that in the next, well, now I wouldn't do it at all. But in terms of in the lead up to their preparations, I wouldn't want to impact, impede on oh, it yeah. at all. So it'd be let's have it after the games. Once you've had time to to uh, digest, de-stress, have time with your family. Yeah. and then go from there so yeah i'm very much i'm very much excited to 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 see um obviously i know the Paralympics are going to do better than the olympic team but that <laughs> that's that's always a little in joke and a little dig mm. <laughs> at, at the olympians of thanks for the benchmark but it won't be too bad to beat and just see what what the, what what is capable and seeing some new 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 uh, names come to the fore yeah absolutely well where are we able to keep up to date with you 
everywhere and check out your podcast and social media, etc. You can find my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, uh, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I've probably forgotten one, but hey-ho. <laughs> uh, you can find me on social media, uh, Instagram, probably the easiest one at james o roberts 11 great well thank you very much for coming along to the show today it's been great having you on my pleasure thanks again toby the throbbing pulse of sound the toby gribbon show